All right, y'all, we're doing this one old school. Um, I don't have a guest for the next three episodes, so um, because they're all kind of individual episodes. Um, and I didn't want to try and be like, hi, I need one guest for this one small episode. Um, they're not necessarily small. Some of them, the next three, do have some details in them. But we're going to do it old school. So I'm going to play Clone Wars in the background. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And just kind of be giving my live while watching it commentary. Uh, mind you, I haven't seen season two in a hot minute because we've all been watching season seven. So this is going to come out amidst all of that. Um, I'll do a few announcements now and a few announcements at the end of the podcast. But for the announcements right now, um, keep an eye out for our main channel, Kessel Run Weekly episodes on Fridays. Typically they post at like 6 a.m. Um, and then also, our Clone Wars commentaries will continue to come out on Wednesdays until we get all of Clone Wars rewatched. <clears throat> we are doing a Siege of Mandalore slash Order 66 team stream on Monday, May the 4th. Um, this episode may be coming out after that, but if you miss the team stream and you want to go um, relive that, <laughs> relive the whole team talking about it, that would probably be posted alongside this podcast, so look for it in our feed. Um, if you miss out on anything else that Castle Run Weekly does, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to keep updates on um, our podcast episode postings and any other extracurriculars we may be doing, or you can visit KesselRunWeekly.com. Um, I'll do my personal stuff at the end and, again, reiterate all the Kessel Run Weekly. But let's go ahead and jump into Season 2. Um, we are on Episode 15, so this one is called Senate Murders. Um, again, we're going to do it old school, we're going to pause it at the fortune cookie, and we're going to talk about it. All right, fortune cookie. Searching for the truth is easy. Accepting the truth is hard. I feel like that's a very big, like, Jedi Council vibe because they always want to, quote unquote, search for the truth. Like, they're always kind of on the hunt for that. Uh, but they don't ever seem to accept it. So, like, they search for knowledge of the Chosen One. But when they are presented with the Chosen One, they treat him like crap. Um... Because they don't want to accept that this too old to train and angry, fearful boy is the chosen one. So instead they kind of cast him aside while also somehow accepting him, confusing him, um, therefore creating Darth Vader. Um, I feel like it also just kind of applies to everything, you know? It's, again, one of those self-explanatory fortune cookies. So let's see what happens. Beautiful shot of Padme and Uncle What's His Face and Mon Mothma. Okay, so the episode isn't necessarily coming back to me, but the the gist of the episode makes is making sense. Um, she was on a hollow call with an Ithorian. Senator Stonk. Who's the girl? 
Doesn't she have something to do with this, I feel like? I hope you're right, Uncle. You've been doing an amazing job rallying boats to our side. To school, Senator Farr. Kila mala nasuta Senator Farr. Is Uncle What's His Face? Lolo. I think she's got something to do with this. If I remember correctly, she betrays somebody at some point. Also, like, Mon Mothma didn't say much at all during that meeting, which is just big Mon Mothma energy. I feel like anything I've ever read about her or seen about her is her just kind of vibing in the room and getting a feel for it, and then, like, knowing exactly what to do when the time comes. That's a very good point that he just made, that, like, Padme... Padme does have an element of surprise. People kind of just brush her off. She's a pretty senator from Naboo, you know? They're rich and hippie-ish in their, like, jewelry-clad clothes, you know? And she just kind of suddenly speaks up, you know? She has all these opinions, but we only see her speak up a few times because they're very powerful moments for her. Like this one. He looks creepy. Satisfied with herself, yeah. Senator Deji. I'm gonna pull him up real quick. Let's see what he's all about. Also, if you're wondering why you can't superhear it, we obviously don't want to get clocked um, for anything. So if you wanted to watch along, that's usually what I even planned for this to be for originally, so that you could watch along with me. Um, so feel free to turn it on. All right. Oh. Oh. Imagine Who is that? Amidala's actually making sense for once in her life. Senator Bertoni. Senator Bertoni. She's a Caminoan. Or a separatist conspiracy. How dare you? You're not pro-separatist. We want to end the war. Committing more troops to the front lines will not allow diplomacy to resume. Diplomacy failed the Republic long ago. Senators, please. Oh, see, there's a moment where Mon Mothma stands up. Ooh. That seems to be a common thing around Palpatine. It seems to me that he he lets people barter their way into things. Like he got Anakin the seat on the council, um, even though he deserved one, um, just not by Palpatine's order. Uh, and it seems just based on what the Rodian said that well, Senator Boondi, I think is what her name was. Utoni. Uh, she's a Kaminoan. And they bartered their seat in the Senate 
because they built the clones. But before, they didn't even bother. So, like, why did they not bother before? I get why the clones would have allowed them a seat on the Senate, but at the same time, it shouldn't have allowed them to vote, considering that they had such a heavy hand in creating or helping propel the war. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's what she calls him, Uncle Anno. That's such a random platform. Anaconda. Is he dead? Satine. TBT. Oh my god, I thought he didn't die. No way. Is he really dead? I don't remember him actually dying, but I could be wrong. Okay, Medici was an Umbaran, Umbaran male who represented the planet Umbara in the Galactic Senate during the Clone Wars. Um, he was a leading advocate of increased troop production and continuation of hostiles, hostilities with the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Um, but da, da, da. Although he believed the anti-war stances of those senators, senators were unpatriotic, he respected colleagues like Farr, despite their political disagreements. Okay, so he's respectful, I guess. Uh, but he is working with Bertoni to defeat the legislation to produce more clone troopers. Alright, let's see what Umbara is. Oh my god, I remember this guy. <laughs> I do love his little droid, though. I love those droids. Hated Senator Vaughn. Enough to kill him. What? There's a Game of Thrones ad on the fandom site right now. Alright, Umbara, known as the Shadow World due to the lack of sunlight on its surface, that'll explain his skin color, was a planet located within the expansion region. The planet was also an exporter of Dunium, a metal utilized in the construction of starships. So during Clone Wars, the planet was initially part of the Galactic Republic before seceding to the Separatists, um, and they fell under the power of the Empire. Okay, well. It's funny that they say that because when you watch um, the Hunger Games, that also tracks. Um, that's what President Snow did. Thank you, Senator Amidala isn't. But I already have my theory and I'll follow my hunch if you don't want. After Good all, Lord. I'm the inspector, you're the senator, so I'll handle the inspecting and you can stick to the, the Senate. So weird. Good day. He reminds me of 
I mean, there's definitely other characters out there about him that remind me of him. But, like, he reminds me of, you know, that Al guy from Toy Story? The chicken guy that wants to steal the toys? There is work to do. We should double our efforts on the boat. No. No. We should delay the vote. Delay the vote? Why? No one will give the vote their full attention until they know what's happened to Anna. Well, maybe I can put a motion on the vote. I don't think anyone will object in the circumstances. Good. Then we'll have time to conduct our own investigation. Detective Devo specifically... Detective Devo. Okay, yeah, seriously, Big Mom Mothma energy to be like, no, like, that person's got it. Let's not get into, like, the nitty-gritty of it all, but, like, Padme to be like, actually, let's. <laughs> Even when they disagree with her... They want to protect her. I do forget that Mon Mothma and Leia, or not Leia, Padme had kind of their like little head buddy moments, like her not wanting a guardian in this situation. Um, and that's relayed again in one of the Leia books. Leia saying something about, or Mon Mothma saying something about how she used to kind of butt heads with her mom. I think. I don't find any of this amusing. Let me know if I'm imagining that. Every time Otto opened his bottle mouth and gave us another quote to use in our fundraising. Why would we kill our best source of income? You both oppose on his It's interesting that she's the Camino in here, like present. Where's Lama Sue and all them? But I respected him. I respected him. For the record, I had no respect for Anaconda whatsoever. Otto had a secret meeting at the docks under the Derek Major the night before he died. And you just happened to know about this meeting now? No, uh, it was very powerful followed. Just because I respected Otto doesn't mean I wasn't trying to get that of him. I just hate him. He's big vampire energy. He also kind of looks like Jack Frost from that cartoon. Not like the young one, the fun one, the spooky one, I mean. We love this costume. This is her red vest, tan jumpsuit, hair in a braid, or hair in kind of multiple little ponytail braid. Is that a camera? Oh no. Ooh, defensive. Oh my god, hello? Pay attention, there's a giant crate above you. Good lord. Wow, even her own personal blaster sounds like her blaster on her ships. 
which I love, by the way. Her ship is the Nubian is my favorite ship in all of Star Wars. Also, good on Padme for not shooting when she doesn't have the shot, you know? I feel like that's something we miss out on a lot in Star Wars. They just be shooting into nothing. But how did they not get her then? Or them, whoever it is. Is it Lolo doing this? Who is this? I don't feel like she's skilled enough to be doing this. Well, that was a spooky hand. Oh my god! They almost fell. Bale's encounter encounters with deaths is absurd. He doesn't even have like a ridiculous amount, it's just that they're so close. <laughs> Senator Amadala, is it possible you might be going deaf? Lieutenant? Because when I said I didn't want you to interfere with my investigation, I can only assume that you didn't hear me. I had some information about a lead here at the docks. Which you naturally brought to me straight away so I could investigate, only no way you did the exact opposite of that. There are rules, Senator. My friend was murdered. I don't care about rules. Oh, God. Don't care about rules. My dear, without rules, there's only chaos. Everyone must care about rules. We know that. Ooh. Now you've alerted the killer that you're on to, and my investigation is that much harder. Do you have any idea how many reports I'll have to file now? We alerted the killer. Yes, that's what I'm saying. What? We were sent here on purpose. To the docks. Yes! What if this was all a setup? What if Dichi sent us here just so he could kill us? If we hurry, we might still be able to catch Dichi before he leaves the Senate. Agreed. But wait, I'm still investigating. This is still an active crime scene. You can't. Oh, my. It's interesting too how they talk about that, how they mention the. Is he dead? He's dead. <gasps> Ew. Yeah, my dude, why don't you get started on those? Um, it's interesting how they talk just now about the rules thing because A, they're all senators and that's kind of just their thing is creating the rules and figuring out how to create and break and deny them. But uh, how the Jedi Order could send, like, Anakin or Obi-Wan on this particular thing. You know, like, they could choose a Jedi to be like, hey, why don't you investigate this murder of this senator, which they would do if it was Padme or Bale. Um, or Palpatine. You know, like, they would investigate if it was somebody else. It's interesting that Padme didn't A, recruit them, but, like, I do love that this is kind of a her episode, so. All of that aside, it's just interesting how they say, like, there are rules to them, but if it was the Jedi sent on an investigation while he's also investigating, they wouldn't say that. Looks like that long-necked Kaminoan is flown a coup. 
been a difficult time. You've handled yourself very well. I have to try. Anna believed if you see injustice, you can't wait for someone else to fix it. You must stand up and get involved. What is happening? she do that? How would she do that? You're insane. I didn't kill anyone. Last She's literally shaking. I was walking to my office. Then I woke up here. Senator Lolo has a very different story. She says you attacked her. Attacked her? Lolo? <laughs> if I ever attack someone, I hope it'll be someone mildly important. Oh, someone like Senator Barr. Anna was a harmless bug. I wouldn't bother killing him. And Dichi was my ally. I've been thinking about how you were in Senator Amidala's office right before Barr died. So what? And I've been thinking about how you were in Dichi's office to hear about that meeting at the docks. A meeting I think far had with you. It wasn't me. You have no proof. No, I have this. I ordered an extensive forensic report on Barr as soon as he died. The poison which killed Barr only affects rhodian blood, and it was developed by Kaminoan scientists. But that's... I didn't kill him. You're Kaminoan. You had access to the poison. That's motive, means, and opportunity. Thoughts? But the scan must be wrong. If the poison was in all our drinks, Lolo would have died too. What? She's Rodian. She'd have been poisoned too. Unless yes, Padme. Oh, oh, suspicious face. Tiny blaster. All right, you're coming with me for insurance. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How did I never notice Palpatine's face during that moment? When I post about this episode being posted, you guys, that's going to be one of the frames. Oh, my goodness. That was absurd. I mean, it was great, but absurd. Lost. I know this decision was most unexpected. 
myself don't support it, but democracy must stand. Of course, you are right, Chancellor. Mm. Actually, given recent events, perhaps it is for the best. Well, how can we justify fortifying our security here in the Senate if we don't also provide reinforcements on the front lines? You see, the victory of the clone army for now is the only thing that can bring us to peace. Is that it? Oh my god. Okay, well, let's pause this. We'll just go, actually, we'll just let the credits play. Um, and we'll go into the next one. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> uh, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. I really, I actually really enjoyed that episode. Um, mostly because like my lack of knowledge is based in my lack of knowledge of the politics. Um, in Star Wars. I'm gonna pause this real quick. Um, so I think, I feel like that one's a good one to help those of us that struggle with the politic information in Star Wars. Um, not even that it's, like, the nitty, come on. Not even that it's, like, the nitty gritty of politics, it's just kind of, like, a baseline shows you what goes on in the room, you know, because we see so much of what goes out on the front lines and in the Jedi Council chambers and not actually in the senatorial area. Um, season two, episode 16. We're moving right along, you guys. Um, so this one is called Cat and Mouse. The fortune cookie is a wide leader, a wide leader, <laughs> a wise leader knows when to follow, which is self-explanatory as somebody who has studied leadership uh it's my minor from college it was something that i i held lots of leadership positions just kind of throughout my life in general um and you do you know you know when you're supposed to kind of step back and take a moment um follow the fellow leaders that you have around you so let's see what this one's about i don't remember in between this episode and the next one um We'll have a little uh, break music. So.
the supply ships have been hit. Overfire all reactors. We're gonna blow right past the sky, whoever he is. General, our Republic cruiser is coming out of hyperspace behind us. Oh. That's nothing out of the ordinary, especially since I gave a direct order not to. The Republican ship is not breaking off its attack. Hold the line! Intensified forward deflectors! Oh god, of course he's not gonna. Oh, I do remember this one. Oh, is that you, Lauren? Right? Okay, I do remember this one because this is the one with Admiral Trench. Right? <laughs> Wasn't paying attention in the beginning. These are some of the better, like, single episodes of season two. Okay, yeah, this is the one with Admiral Trump. It is impressive um, how well Trench kind of does during this whole situation. Um, it's also interesting to think about his presence before Thrawn. Because Trench obviously has nothing on Admiral Thrawn. But he has a similar shtick, you know, like his his thing is war. It seems to be the the theorizing and the planning and the understanding of the enemy, um, which is what Thrawn does. And I think Trench is a good little introduction to that. He's spooky. He's creep he creeps me out a lot. Well, here I am. Tell me about this new weapon. You're looking at it. I'm looking at what? Two steps forward and you've actually been kissing it. It's a stealth ship. Some trick? Let's hope the 70s think so. So I assume scanners can't detect it. As far as we know, but this is the first real field test. That's encouraging. I figured you'd be up to the challenge. So, I can move in undetected, take them out from behind. It's a pretty small ship to destroy a whole fleet. Are there more? No, this is the prototype, and you won't be on the offensive. I need you to run a mercy mission down to the planet's surface. The ship can carry enough supplies for Senator Organa's headquarters. Oh, I'm still the delivery boy? We don't need the whole I can do this myself. I can slow down and do what I tell you. It's more important to save lives than destroy ships. I need you to continue the mercy mission. The mercy mission.
Right now it's you, Lauren, and Anakin. The opposing commander is none other than Admiral Trench. I'll be honest, I didn't even think about this until now. But, um, Anakin's... Anakin's hair and look, and I know that I've seen I've seen the images of it, and I've definitely talked about it somewhere. But like just the the difference in animation and also the characters, so Anakin, Obi Wan, Ahsoka, and how they changed between season two and uh, season seven is so cool. Also, I know I'm talking over important information. So Hugh Lauren is talking about how. Trench destroyed, like, so many ships and so many people, and he lost so many good men, and he looks very hurt by all of that, which is fair. I... Uh... Spooky. The space needle, or whatever, or like a worm. Ugh. Oh, sorry, that sound keeps coming on, everybody. had to have been inspired by the uh by boss nass with the the clickiness that's insane gentlemen we have incoming bombers from wider escort 
feelings when I first watched this episode because I was so tense. Just like they probably all were. This always, so stuff like this always makes me wonder. So like, do, do his instincts, does the force does the force tell him that they're gonna miss him? And that's why he goes with that instinct? Or is he seriously just risking it all? Lauren is pissed and so scared. Oh my god. Get those supplies to the refugee camp. I'll worry about trench. Just stay on course. The tactic won't work. Raptor Kiochips want to go for a fixed range on trench's command ship. Sir? Oh my god. Oh, angry face. We need to destroy trench. And this ship has the best chance of doing it. I want those supplies on the surface now. It's so interesting. I know I say that so much, so sorry. I'll see the word so a lot, apparently. Um, it amazes me that Obi-Wan still doesn't trust Anakin's war tactics. Like, at this point, we see it in Season 7, but, like, even at this point, in Season 2, like, he is trustworthy enough to know the war tactics that he utilizes. Might be radical in some cases, but, like, and others, they're not. Like, they work. And this case doesn't necessarily mean that his mission won't work, you know? Like, he can still get those down to the surface after engaging Trench. But, like, Obi-Wan should not engage Trench alone. I'm not pretending to know about war tactics, by the way. I definitely don't know anything about that. Um, but it's just amazes me that they still kind of go at bat with each other. Which I know creates their relationship much deeper. <clears throat> but. <clears throat> but also, like, Anakin shouldn't be not listening. But at the same time, if he didn't not listen, Obi-Wan probably would have died in this instance. Activate the shields. Full 
similar like moment and feeling to me that I got when uh, Poe was light speed skipping. <laughs> I was like, yay, okay, you can do it, it's fine. But everybody else feels like they're gonna die. <laughs> Okay, why do you have to say it like that? What you got, Spark? There's an open communication signal coming from the enemy. Better tell the general. How do they know where I go? What's your plan? I'll think of something out. In the meantime, I've got trench right where I want. Thinking about us. General, there's a transmission on the open frequency. It's the enemy. Put it through. speeches happen so that you guys can hear the speech. Those are kind of the moments where I kind of get where Obi-Wan's coming from. He's like, okay, well, like, 
This was my job. <laughs> Hello. This is such a small moment that I appreciate, but when they when the clone just climbed into like the gun area, I appreciate that moment because we don't usually get to see stuff like that. But, sir, we cannot fire unless we lower our shields. Lower shields and fire! Lowering shields. So satisfying. <laughs> I love that he hates to admit it, but like also Obi Wan, he's your Padawan. So if your Padawan's being successful, even when he breaks the rules, you gotta just like tell the council that. I don't know, stand up for him, maybe. <laughs> General Skywalker, I have no idea how you did it, but you saved a great many lives today. Good job, kid. Looks like you're now officially part of the crew. Thanks, Commander. Well, looks like we make a pretty good team. I must admit, I am a bit surprised at the reckless nature of your tactics. Though I cannot argue with that results. <laughs> now, you'll find I like to do things uh, differently from time to time. The Chancellor mentioned as much, though he insisted it was the highest compliment. Um, that was episode 16. Um, that was episode 16. Again, another, like, just... There we go. Another, not necessarily like just fun one, but um, one that gives us insight into Anakin again, um, which we love, we need, uh, it's necessary. Um, also gives us some insight onto Anakin and Obi-Wan when it really does come down to it. Like, we see them kind of tussle with the methodology a lot, um, but I feel like this one was really important, not only for the citizens that Anakin was trying to deliver to, that Obi-Wan felt passionate about, um, Bail Organa was involved, um, and we know his future importance, but, like, 
they don't. And then just in general, like, Yularen was very affected by Trench. Um, and that shouldn't go unnoticed, you know? I know I mentioned Yularen's story, so if, if you guys don't know, um, he is in he does join the empire when the empire comes to be i'm sure it's survival mode because in this he does seem like he's a good soul um but nevertheless doesn't make it any less interesting all right we're gonna do a quick quick elevator music break um and i will be right back for episode 17 titled bounty hunters Here we are with episode 17, Bounty Hunters. Uh, the fortune cookie for this one is Courage Makes Heroes, but Trust Builds Friendship. Okay, another self-explanatory fortune cookie, but um, Courage Makes Heroes, yes. Uh, very, very important in the Clone Wars, just in general. But Trust Builds Friendships, so builds friendship. Uh, I think that's important amongst literally what we were just talking about in episode 16, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship. They, he's, they're both courageous in very different ways. Courageous by following the rules, courageous by doing what needs to be done. Um, and they are both heroes in their own, in their own way. Um, but the trusting of each other is the most important part to their relationship um, and their friendship. That probably has nothing to do with this episode, but that's how we're interpreting today, people. Oh, we love a Felucia episode. You know, I definitely have a deeper appreciation for Ahsoka episodes now, um, which I'm sure we all do, I feel like. Um, because it was a common theme for all of us to common theme for Star Wars fans in general to not really care, not necessarily not care about Ahsoka, but they, it was just that she was so easy to dislike, which sucks. Um, but she was because she was snippy. Um, and just kind of big Anakin energy, but in a more annoying way. Um, which like is the point of her arc, you know, it's the point of seeing her, um, her development. Also, Obi-Wan saying almost certainly not exactly. It's just their relationship in general. It's hilarious. Terrifying. I do love Felucia, y'all. I... <laughs> so for those of you that not, are not watching along this is the episode where they when they eject from the ship the little like ball pops up around them so that they just kind of bounce down onto the surface it's hilarious God, i love i love this show you guys 
Oh, yeah, I forgot giant Rancor things. Giant Rancors on Felucia, my dudes. <laughs> Big Obi-Wan energy. Ahsoka's face right now. Hold on. Hold on. We're getting a pick of that, people. Crashed the ship your way. Oh, I'm so sorry that my chair is so squeaky. I hope it's not too loud. is it's so colorful yet so like naturally colorful um and uh the terrain is insane the fact that rancors just live there um and that they're not just like regular rancors and um the village houses are cute it's just very cool i just love it the colors are a big big sell for me it's one of my favorite places to play in battlefront this place looks deserted. I don't believe it is. The crops are ready to be harvested. Tools are lying about. There's something to this. Well, there's one thing I learned where I grew up. If you want to know what a farmer's up to, look in their barn. I always kind of like get a little sad. When he talks about his past, he doesn't talk about it very often in any of these. So this was the, one of those, like, quick mentions of it. Um, and then we see, like, the slavery arc uh, where he kind of is very hurt and Ahsoka learns that about him. quite a bit. I don't remember all of the details, um, but what we're going to do is to not make this episode an hour and a half long, which it might already be. Um, we're just going to kind of run through this one, because um, it's a good one, but it's it's just like a get to know another planet and get to know Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka a little more, just like most of them are. So basically, pirates, 
um, are stealing crops or buying crops from this planet, Casus and his uh, tribe on Felucia. I don't know what their species is called, but it's very cute, whatever it is. I love them. Um, <clears throat> Ahsoka, Anakin, and Obi-Wan go through that argument of, do we help them? Why shouldn't we help them? Why should we help them? Very typical of all of them. Um, and, oh, is it Hondo's crew? It is. So we meet Hondo Onaka again, right? Have we already met him in this? I don't remember. Um, so it's Hondo's crew. So let's see. Mm. Yes, okay, so they've met already at this point. Um, I think in that, like, encounter with Dooku, I think that episode already happened, right? You would think that I would remember all of this. But, um... The farmers hired the bounty hunters to protect them from the pirates, and the pirates are Hondo's crew, so, like, not super safe to be trying to fight with them. Um, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka do agree to stay, um... In teamwork with the bounty hunters, they train the farmers to defend themselves. Uh, when push comes to shove, they obviously succeed because we love a happy ending in Star Wars, kind of. Oh my god, I love him. That guy gives off big Jar Jar vibes. Showing off. They're all like, okay. Um, Obi-Wan does suspect the bounty hunters of, like, stealing from them, which I remember. Oh, I do remember this guy. So when I first heard the robot talk in the beginning, I didn't react out loud. But internally, I was like, why? How is there a... Like, IG-11 for me was such a, like, how is there a bounty hunter droid? But I guess since he's programmed as an assassin droid, it makes sense, and then people can just give him jobs and he knows to assassinate or take, you know? Um, but just the concept of that being a widespread thing was still interesting to me. And this guy, this droid, I don't know his name, has a little being inside of him. <laughs> and that's what controls him and makes him spooky. And so could just help him, and it's like, yeah, good lord. Alright, we're in training mode. Training montage. Let's skip the training montage. Let's see what happens here. Oh. We gotta be up bounty hunter. Oh, what are those? A T-Mus. That's cool. Hondo's crew coming in on speeder bikes, which is just big Hondo's crew energy. I know I'm kind of running through the visuals at the same time, but, like, this this is one of those episodes where it, it incites the thought based on the, uh, the theories behind it, the reasoning behind having the episode about this. Um, Embo, the kind of Cad Bane, not Cad Bane looking, but, like, the hat is similar. <laughs> um, Bounty Hunter, 
really proves the familial feeling of the bounty hunters in this episode, which I love. I just the I mean we see things like uh Aura Singh when she's working with Boba Fett when he's a kid. And it's just there's no like family reasoning behind it. There's no <clears throat> good vibes towards it, you know, it's just kind of get the job done. Um but with this bounty hunter group it does I mean it feels like family and it's nice to to know that they care about each other on more than just a get the job done situation. Which I also feel like is kind of Hondo's thing. Like it's just kind of a get the job done situation. He doesn't really seem to care about how many people he loses um, until really we see him in Rebels, which he's experienced so much at that point, you know? This freaking monkey lizard. Ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Alright, we're almost done, folks. We're closing it up. Let's see. Let's see what this. They're thanking them. I seem to find myself light on company. Still need that ride back to the Republic outpost? If it wouldn't be any inconvenience. Obi Wan has such a charisma to him that I love. He's always so, like, smiley and thankful and. Classy. I love him. I do. I didn't used to love him as much as I do now. It's developed over time. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this really long episode of three arcs in old-fashioned form. Old-fashioned Clone Wars commentary form. Um, let me know your thoughts, insights, any of that. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, remember, we are still keeping up with Season 7. This episode will be airing after our live stream, but if you missed the live stream and you do want to listen to the audio, I hopefully will be grabbing the audio from the live stream where we talk about Siege of Mandalore and Order 66, so that final arc of Season 7 of Clone Wars. It's going to be super fun. It's basically the whole team, not quite everybody, but everybody that can make it. Um... Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to follow the main channel, Castle Run Weekly, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to get updates. Go to CastleRunWeekly.com to read book reviews, blog posts, and um, you can also get the episodes there. Uh, and then don't forget to follow me at CJerica on Instagram, CJerica95 on Twitter, and ShineHoover.wordpress.com for my Star Wars Sunday blog posts. Uh, thank you so much, and may the Force be with you, always. <laughs>